Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, here we are with the first episode of our third year of Business Wise. And this is episode one of volume three. When we embarked on this adventure of bringing the Hubbard Management System to you in these uh, short podcast episodes, we suspected because of the massive scope of Mr. Hubbard's work, it would be a long time before we ran out of material, and that is certainly true. Every week we get requests from listeners with ideas of new topics, and uh, we're a long way from running out of stuff for you. Today's episode was actually a suggestion from the Deputy Director of YCCUS, and it's an excellent suggestion. Today we want to present to you a philosophy, an approach to your life and your enterprise, that'll essentially make you invulnerable from the insanity of today's social environment. Now, there's a date in which we have mentioned in earlier episodes, I believe it was uh, episode 35 of Volume 1, Understanding What You Don't Understand, which, if you never listen to that, it's one that should be probably listened to more than once anyway, but it's an important episode uh, on how to find the cause of things. So, Understanding What You Don't Understand, episode 35 of Volume 1. Anyway, this datum, I believe, is in there, not 100% sure, but we can't repeat this datum too often, and I'm going to quote it now from an article from Mr. Hubbard that was originally published in 1976 and was issued again on the 21st of February, 1991. So if you've got what we call the green volumes, it would be that date, 21 February, 1991, if you want to read the article in full. But in there he says, and I quote, it is important to understand bad conditions don't just happen. The cultural decay we see around us isn't haphazard. It was caused. Unless one understands this, he won't be able to defend himself or reach out into society with effectiveness. End quote. This is important to understand that bad conditions are not haphazard. They're not accidental. They're actually created conditions. And uh, for instance, you can go into to see it on a microcosmic basis, we're obviously looking at it on a societal basis right now where conditions aren't that great for the moment. You know, we have um, a lot of conflict. Evidently, of course, we have, um, we're dealing with the pandemic situation and uh, again, conflict, uh, violence and economic travail, inflation, sometimes difficulties with hiring. Uh, I would say perhaps it's observable that the quality of personnel that you might desire or require is uh, is not what it should be or what it maybe was at one point. These are not accidental conditions. These are created conditions. And you can see it microcosmically, you could say, in a, in a person's business. Uh, you walk into, for instance, a, uh, a restaurant and the service is poor, the food is poor, People are rude. Maybe it looks okay, but it's just not a great, pleasant experience. That is a created environment by somebody. It doesn't have to be the boss. It could be somebody under the boss. It could be who knows who it is, but someone is causing that condition. They are prevailing over those who would like to see a more pleasant circumstance or condition. Uh, on the other hand, if you walk into a place that's very pleasant, uh, the food is excellent. 
Uh, people are polite and uh, and know what they're doing and they're professional. And it, and it also looks, you know, comfortable and, you know, it's an aesthetic environment. That is a created condition as well. Somebody has great ideas and they are prevailing and their ideas are senior to anybody else's there. Maybe you have a couple of guys there who have some ideas of uh, creating a less pleasant environment, but they get ferreted out usually pretty quickly and um, they don't really have a chance or opportunity to uh, wreak havoc, if you will, because... Um, Somebody with great ideas and a great vision is creating that environment. So conditions are cause. That's an important, very important stable datum for everyone to maintain, not just the wise members, but anyone to maintain. Those environments that you experience are created environments and they're created by somebody or a group of somebodies. Okay. So then Mr. Robert goes on to say, quote, a society is capable of surviving for thousands of years unless it is attacked from within or without, by hostile forces. Where such an attack occurs, primary targets are its religious and national gods and heroes, its potential of leadership, and the self-respect and integrity of its members. L. Ron Hubbard. Well, you see a lot of that with uh, the way, uh, for instance, children are being dealt with in schools. Way, way too much drugging. I would say any drugging is too much drugging of the kids in our schools, but uh, we know that this is uh, there are higher and higher instances of this and substitute for being able to competently educate children. Uh, it's being solved with um, drugs. And uh, that is certainly taking away our potential for leadership up the road. The whole uh, moral fabric of society, uh, the idea that one isn't really responsible for anything, that is directly opposite of the concept of leadership, where a leader is one who sees circumstances around them that need to be remedied and then takes actions themselves. They generally take responsibility to handle situations. Those are the leaders. If the whole level of morals and responsibility are being diminished in a society, well, these are cause conditions and you are going to be the effect of it to one extent or another, right? Generally to a large extent. Okay. So with this stable datum that these conditions don't just happen, but are caused, what is our greatest weapon to deal with it and to fight back. So in 1981, Mr. Hubbard published what may be the first non-religious moral code based wholly on common sense, and that is a book entitled The Way to Happiness. Over 100 million copies of this publication uh, has been distributed in over 110 different languages and in more than 117 countries around the world. That's The Way to Happiness. It has brought peace and calm uh, wherever it has been disseminated. I believe there's a website, Look Up Way to Happiness. You'll see some of the anecdotes of the kind of miracles this publication has created. And one thing I would encourage every listener to do is to find out how you too can distribute it uh, on your business communication lines to customers, vendors, friends, neighbors, associates, because you can be part of a societal solution by simply distributing that book publication. It's, it's available in a hard copy form. It's also available in more or less a booklet form. And uh, you can even put your own cover on it and promote yourself or your business uh, at the same time. I had a wise member in Texas, uh, a dear friend who has recently, unfortunately, moved on, who had the largest dental clinic in the country, I'm pretty sure. And at one time, I asked, I mean, it was enormous. It was like a hospital, practically. Uh, and at one time, I asked him what his successful action was in keeping this enormous clinic packed with patients. 
And his response was the way to happiness. He not only distributed this incredible book out of his clinic, he became its emissary in every school, uh, every civic organization in his entire community. He was practically the honorary mayor of his town. And that was, uh, you know, his successful action. Talk about being bulletproof. He was practically bulletproof uh, in his community. Nobody could say anything against him because uh, he was uh, the emissary of this uh, extraordinary work. So I only use this as an example of the potential of distributing this publication to help not only the society around you, but yourself. You know, you really can't fail if you are doing positive things for your community. But that would be the subject of another episode. We're not going to go into that in a lot of detail with this one. Today, I want to take up uh, the final precept of this non-religious moral code and the second to last chapter of the book because it communicates a philosophy that, frankly, I don't see enough of in the way many approach life and what they are doing, even many of my members. And yet, it is a glorious, beautiful, and effective answer to just about anything the weirdos of the world want to throw at you. And this is the principle of flourish and prosper. Two words. Let's first of all, let's define them. And these uh, definitions are Mr. Hubbard's definitions from the book itself. The word flourish, defined as to be in a state of activity and production, expanding in influence, thriving, visibly doing well. That's Mr. Hubbard's definition. Now, let's look at the derivation. It's from Middle English, from Old French, floris, lengthened stem of florir, based on the Latin florere, from flos, flor, a flower. So you get the idea of something that's flowering. Uh, a person's life is blooming or flowering and flourishing. You know, that's, that would be the word flourish. Okay. Now, prosper, Mr. Hubbard's definition from the book, to achieve economic success, succeeding at what one does. Very beautiful uh, definition because it, you know, prosper, one of the reasons I love this word, it doesn't just communicate economic success. It also communicates that you're succeeding at what one does. Let's look at the derivation here. The first records of the word prosper come from the 1400s. It comes from the Latin verb prosperare, meaning to make happy. Hmm. In other words, uh, to prosper is usually to succeed in a healthy way, to thrive. Okay, that's what I thought. Prosper is not just about economics or money. It's, it's achieving things in a healthy way. It's thriving. Flourish and prosper. Okay, with that, I'm going to read you this chapter. It's pretty short in its entirety, and then we're going to discuss it a bit. There's 21 precepts in uh, The Way to Happiness, this non-religious moral code. And uh, this is number 21, the final precept, and it's the second, as I mentioned, the second to last chapter. It's right before the epilogue, and it goes as follows, and I quote from Mr. Hubbard here, flourish and prosper. Sometimes others seek to crush one down to make nothing out of one's hopes and dreams, one's future and oneself. By ridicule and many other means, another who is evil-intentioned toward one can try to bring about one's decline. For whatever reason, efforts to improve oneself, to become happier in life, can become the subject of attacks. It is sometimes necessary to handle such directly. But there is a long-range handling that seldom fails. What exactly are such people trying to do to one? They are trying to reduce one 
downward. They must conceive that one is dangerous to them in some way, that if one got up in the world, one could be a menace to them. So, in various ways, such seek to depress one's talents and capabilities. Some madmen even have a general plan that goes like this, quote, if A becomes more successful, A could be a menace to me. Therefore, I must do all I can to make A less successful, end quote. It never seems to occur to such that their actions might make an enemy out of A, even though he was no enemy before. It can be classed as an almost certain way for such madmen to get into trouble. Some do it just from prejudice or because they, quote, don't like someone, end quote. But however it is attempted, the real object of such is to make their target grow less and fail in life. The real handling of such a situation and such people, the real way to defeat them, is to flourish and prosper. Oh yes, it is true that such people, seeing one improve his lot, can become frantic and attack all the harder. The thing to do is handle them if one must, but don't give up flourishing and prospering. For that is what such people want you to do. If you flourish and prosper, more and more, such people go into apathy about it. They can give it up completely. If one's aims in life are worthwhile, if one carries them out with some attention to the precepts in this book, if one flourishes and prospers, one certainly will wind up the victor, and hopefully, without harming a single hair on their heads. And that is my wish for you. Flourish and prosper. L. Ron Hubbard. Well, it's a beautiful piece of writing, amongst other things, but look at all the data in here, you know. First of all, he outlines the point that is difficult sometimes for people to confront, that there are those with evil intentions out there. Let's face it, you know, these gruesome acts against fellow man are not perpetrated out of ignorance or stupidity. They're vicious. So, you know, you might have an individual kind of going around saying, oh, you know, everybody's just kind of okay. They're not really responsible. They just had a hard life. Oh, yeah? Is that why they, uh, you know, destroyed that family or uh, raped that uh you know, vulnerable person or all these gruesome things. And I'm obviously, I don't want to go too far adrift on that, but look at some of the things that man perpetrates against fellow man on massive scale sometimes, genocides. And we, uh, someone might not want to, you know, confront the fact that there are evildoers out there, people with evil intentions. You know, Hubbard does say that man is basically good, but he can become very evil through his aberrations and will dramatize those evils and will do evil things. So if you're not willing to confront that, that there are such people in the world, it's going to make you very vulnerable to that sort of thing. Now, I'll tell you, uh, being a social personality, as I'm pretty sure most of my listeners are, it's sometimes hard to conceive. You know, we more or less like to think that everybody thinks as we think and wants to see others do better. 
Obviously, we want to see ourselves do better, but we'd like to see it all of us do better. And that tends to be a way we look at the world that, you know, uh, that's our first thought, perhaps, in dealing with another person, that they obviously would like to see everyone flourish and prosper as well. But that is not the case. Now, it is a small percentage. That is true. But the thing that's a little bit tricky about it is that generally these individuals do not promote themselves as being evilly intentioned until such a point where they can no longer be stopped or they feel they can no longer be stopped. They can always be stopped because they're essentially cowards. There's a certain point where they feel that they cannot be stopped. They've risen uh, into such a position of influence or power that they feel safe to express more completely their actual intentions towards others. Okay, so that's kind of a telltale mark of an evilly intentioned person who thinks he's now unassailable. But by and large, people don't make a big uh, they don't necessarily promote themselves as being uh, evilly intentioned. They're going to keep it hidden. So you have to be a little bit more alert for that as a social personality and someone who's trying to build a better environment or a better company or a better community and so on. And as he says here, as Mr. Hubbard says, it is sometimes necessary to handle such directly. And there are tools for that. I think we did uh, an episode on how to handle black propaganda uh, I don't remember if that was its exact title, but I did, I think, a series of three episodes on public relations technology, specifically uh, on how to handle attacks against one in the form of lies and so on in an attempt to um, put you in a weak position where you can get taken out. So there are tools for that in the Hubbard Management System. There's more tools than just that, those, but of course, anything that you utilize in the Hubbard Management System to make your organization stronger, more secure, uh, more viable, uh, will counter those efforts by others to do you in or to do society in. Um, But again, as he says here, it's sometimes necessary to handle such directly, and you should become familiar with that. If someone's pointing a gun at someone uh, that you want to protect, uh, flourish and prosper is not your first avenue. You're going to have to do something to disarm that individual or to disable them so they can't harm others. Uh, There are instances where we have to handle such directly. But then he says, but there is a long-range handling that seldom fails. And now he describes this principle of flourish and prosper, right? Because those individuals are trying to do you in. And I have seen this where members will get attacked, particularly if they're using Hubbard Management System. Sometimes they pull in uh, an attack from somebody, a public relations attack, maybe even a legal attack. And I've all too often, I observe this tendency to withdraw and say, well, you know, let's be more subtle about this or let's not uh, promote that we're actually using this. Heck no. That is exactly what those individuals are trying to accomplish with regards to you and your endeavors there. Okay. That is not the answer. The answer is not to contract. The answer is to flourish and prosper. And because if you continue to do that, and yes, as he says here, they will sometimes attack you more. Uh, look at if you want to build a better world forget about trying to do it uh safely <laughs> okay just look at your own history if if that's something you want to engage in and i hope it is I ho- I, and i have a feeling you know at least 80 percent of my listeners or more have that as a perspective they would they would like to contribute to making a better world and society through their business in their business and through the effects of their, of their business and their enterprise, they'd like to see positive effects in society. Okay, you're going to get attacked. Okay, if you don't believe it, just check over your history books. So if you uh, want to somehow build a society and not get attacked and not have uh, oppressors, you're going to have to find a different planet because 
That's not how it rolls around here. Okay. So I personally think that a good attitude is to revel in it. I say, good, bring it on. You know, how many more attacks can you give us? You know, I'm going to flourish and prosper in your face. Okay. And let's just see how you like that, buddy. You know, of course, you know, disarm them and do what you have to to handle them on a short-term basis. But overall, the, the, the philosophy and attitude should be, we're going to flourish and prosper in spite of all that, right? And if you take that kind of an attitude, first of all, you grow stronger, you find others who are like-minded, and you can unite with those individuals, and you grow stronger as a movement and as a group. And yes, you will prevail. As Mr. Hubbard says at the end of this chapter, he says, if one's aims in life are worthwhile, if one carries them out with some attention to the precepts in this book, if one flourishes and prospers, one certainly will wind up the victor, and hopefully without harming a single hair on their heads. Now, Ron Hubbard, so what a great weapon to utilize at the beginning of 2022. What about a postulate to flourish and prosper despite anything, despite any efforts to uh, create havoc or destruction within your group uh, or within what you're trying to do uh, or within your community, decide to deal with it by producing more, by thriving more, by expanding in influence, by visibly doing well, by succeeding at what you are doing. Uh, I think if you take that approach, I think uh, you will be amazed at how much happier you are and uh, how much more successful you will be. Sure, you could, you could decide to give up on your goals and be low profile and hopefully nobody notice that you're quietly going about your business and uh, managing to get along okay in life without making too much of a fuss. But I don't know how you're going to feel about yourself. It depends on who you are, I suppose. But uh, try it. Use this principle of flourish and prosper. And uh, if we all do that in 2022, all the listeners and hopefully listeners beyond these listeners and all the many millions who have read The Way to Happiness, uh, we all find each other, unite, flourish and prosper. We will be the victors ultimately. Okay, that's about it for um, this first episode of 2022. And uh, I hope it sort of sets a tone and pace for you. We have a lot of good things uh, lined up for you in terms of data that you can utilize to flourish and prosper and to uh, defend yourself and to even counterattack if you have to uh, against those who would slow you down or stop you. But in the interim, or for now, let's all take heed to Mr. Hubbard's words in this book. Uh, avail yourself of the book, The Way to Happiness. If you would like to be a distributor, if you would like to get a copy, write me at info at wiseeastus.org, and I will put you in contact with um, the Way to Happiness Foundation, and they can uh, arrange for you. It's not something that we do from Wise East US, but we would love it if all of our members were to become um, avid advocates and distributors of this powerful work. So contact us again at info at wiseeastus.org. And we will help you uh, arrange everything. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. Happy New Year. Do fantastically in 2022. I know you will. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>